Hey guys, I'm Nick, I'm alcoholic. Um, <clears throat> ben, thanks for having me, uh, as well as everyone else. Uh, hi, Ben. So I only have 10 minutes. Um, 10 minutes is probably like one of the hardest slots to fill, in my opinion. I've, I've had my fair share of 40s, 15s, 25s, et cetera. 10, you just never seem to get enough time, so I'm just going to dive right in. Um, I'm 27. I have a little over five years sober. My sobriety date is 3-6-16. I got sober when I was 22 uh, in the Marina Center. And it was at a late night meeting and I had no intention of being sober. Um, I, had, I was there for support for a friend, actually. Um, it's a long, actually kind of ironic, funny story. Um, but, but ultimately, like I, I had a really, really, really powerful experience in the back of that Marina center. I was paying no attention to what the speaker was saying, but somehow, um, what I like to think of as divine intervention struck me and, and I felt it, it's hard to, it's hard to describe, but like the physical sensation was like, it was like somatic. It was like, I, I felt a shooting, like, like almost like an air, like chilling through my chest and just. I just like, I heard this voice in my head and it wasn't my voice. And it just said, you're going to die. You need to get sober. And, and, and I started crying in the back of the Marina center. And I asked the guy who was speaking to sponsor me. Um, and I've been, I've been sober since I, just to tell you a little bit about what I was like, um, I started, so pretty much everyone in my family is an alcoholic. Um, my mom drinks incessantly. My dad, currently I think has a year sober, but he almost died from, um, what is it when the liver failure and, uh, anyways, growing up, they like to drink and smoke meth and do Coke. Um, <clears throat> so it was kind of always around and I started getting high pretty innocently actually when I was like 12, I mean, granted I was young, but it was just like smoking weed. And, uh, for me, like there, there was, there was no, like, like, like there was no return. There was no point of no return. Like the, the second I started smoking weed, there was no returning. Like I was a full blown alcoholic from the gates. I believe um, I had no desire to stop, nor do I think I had any control looking back. Um, I might've thought I did, but I definitely did not. And that was pretty much like characteristic of like my whole using career. Um, I had no control. I had to get high. I needed it. It made me feel okay. Um, cause I didn't feel okay. Otherwise, if I was sober, um, I felt alienated. I felt like an outcast. I felt like no one really wanted me around kind of forced myself into like situations. Like, I don't know. I just like, I didn't feel okay guys. Like I really, I didn't. And the only thing that made me feel okay was drugs. Um, and so anyway, I, I was constantly high in school, out of school, ditching school. And um, when I was like 15, I started messing around with like pills, uh, like Xanax, ecstasy. I also started doing meth. Um, sorry if this is a closed meeting. I wasn't really paying attention, but drugs are much more a part of my story than alcohol, although alcohol was a very big part of my story as well later on. And, uh, and, and very quickly, like, like the, the, like I started to have problems. Like I started to have really, really big problems. Um, I started getting kicked out of school. Uh, 
I started getting in trouble with the, with the, with the courts. I kept getting picked up by the cops. I was not good at getting high. It was not sneaky. Um, and, and when I was 17, I was, I, I had been to the same court three times with the same judge in the span of like a month and a half. And the judge, like after the third time was like, dude, what, like, what are you doing here? What, what is wrong with you? Like you have two options. Um, or no, she, she said, uh, she was going to send me to juvie, um, where I would transfer into, uh, real jail when I was 18. And luckily, like I had a grandma that was on the board of a treatment center, which I later abused. Um, but she got me out of juvie. She got me out of that sentence and instead convinced the judge to send me to rehab. Uh, where I did a 90 day court commit, had no intention of being sober. In fact, I got high the whole time I was in rehab, um, even though getting kicked out could have meant going to jail and um, somehow didn't get caught. And, and, and that, that, that was pretty much like, like my introduction to, to treatment and to AA was, um, was pretty much just that, right? Like I, I, I kept going back into rehab and kept getting high in rehab. And then I would go back and get high and get like worse, right? Like it, it never gets any better. It only gets worse. Um, and so eventually I started doing meth and heroin and that, that brought me to my knees really quickly. Um, I was 20, I think I was 20. Um, when I started doing like, like, uh, consistently those, those two drugs. And, um, within four months, I went from being a buck 70 to 85 pounds, meaning I dropped half my body weight in four months. Um, wasn't eating, wasn't drinking water. I looked like a skeleton. I thought I looked good. And, uh, and it still didn't click for me. Like it still really didn't click for me. Um, I ended up in a gang member's house. Um, long story short, she was keeping me hostage. Well, not hostage. She was like, she was like basically like, I don't know. It was, it's, it was a weird situation, but basically like she wouldn't let me leave. I broke out of the house. There was cops down the street. I called the cops over. Um, the cops called my mom. My mom came to pick me up from this gang member's house. She then took me to rehab or sorry, Tarzana treatment center. Um, and it was still just a joke to me. I was like, all right, look, I'm gonna get like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna just kick. And then I'm going to get some money together. I'm going to maybe find a job and then I'm going to go back to getting high. Right. That didn't happen. I actually went to rehab again, but was getting high in rehab again. So basically did the same thing. And finally I was like, okay, maybe I can't do heroin and meth. Right. Like maybe that's probably not the best idea. Um, so I got a job. I was, like I said, I was in rehab. Um, I got kicked out. I got a job. I got an apartment. I had a car like on the outside, things looked okay. Right. Like my family wasn't like tripping on me cause I wasn't doing heroin and meth. They were like, okay, at least he's just like smoking weed and drinking. Um, but I was drinking every day and I was drinking at work and I was drinking in between my 10 minute breaks and I was drinking on my lunch and I was drinking after work and I was driving drunk. And then I was going to the club already drunk, getting more drunk at the club, driving home, shit face hammered. Um, and like, I couldn't stop. Right. And like in, in my head the whole time, I'm like, why can't I stop? I don't want to be doing this. I'm in danger. I'm putting my friends in danger. I'm putting people's lives in danger. 
I don't want to be doing this. Like, what is wrong with me? And the, the delusion was so like, the delusion was like so um, powerful that, that like, it just like nothing was enough. And, and I just kept going and I kept going. And finally, um, a friend that I had met in rehab, uh, who was actually gnarlier than I was, I think, um, he had hit me up. He was like, Hey dude, I just got off a run. Um, I need you to take me to a meeting. Do you think you can do that? And I was like, yeah, like I don't really do AA anymore. Um, but I'll take you to a meeting, uh, for sure. And, and that's, and that's where I took him. I took him to the, I took him to the Marina center and, and that's where I had my powerful experience. And, and I haven't really looked back since like, like my life is amazing. I don't know how much more, I don't know how much time I have. Um, but my life is amazing. I, like I said, I have five years. Oh, thank you. Um, I have a little over five years. I have some of the most amazing friends in the world. Um, Penn is one of them. Penn I've known actually for about 10 years. He, I met him at Pechuva, uh, when I was 18 years old, that was my first, that was my first rehab experience. Um, and, and my experience with the steps was, was, was really powerful, right? So like, I, I had a really powerful first step experience in the Marina Center where, you know, I had realized that like, I was completely powerless and that I was going to die. And then in that moment too, I had the second step experience, which was like, well, that's not me telling me to quit, right? Like, that's not a power of my own. That's God telling me like, I need to, I need to seek and I need to find help. And, and so I had my first and second step experience right there. And, and so when I, when I asked the guy to sponsor me, um, I started going to his house for a big book workshop with a whole bunch of dudes, um, which was incredible. I, I needed a community, right? Cause like I was still living with people who were getting high at the time. And, um, and so immediately, like within a few days, we did my third step. I immediately, I was just like, yo, like I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready to do the steps as, as quickly as you'll take me through them. And so I did my third step and I, and I had one, I think honestly, the, the most powerful experience I've had in the steps personally, uh, was for me, my third step. Um, and he asked me, he was like, he was like, he, when we were mapping out, when he was mapping out the fourth step, he was like, are you actually going to do this? And I was like, to be honest with you, dude, I don't think so, but I hope I do. And cause like my, my past experience had shown me that like, I, I never took this seriously. I never took rehab seriously. I never took AA seriously. Um, but this time, like, luckily I'm, I'm very thankful it was different. And, and I remember I was sitting in my, in the living room of my apartment while one of my roommates was smoking weed. The other one was in a meth psychosis running around the apartment, like a fucking crazy person. And I was just like sitting there, just like shaking, just like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm going to lose my mind. And so I opened up the notebook and I did my four step right then and there. I pretty much, I think I knocked out like three hours of it. Um, and long story short, like I started sponsoring people within 90 days. Um, that was my experience. I was around 90 days sober when I got my first sponsee. Um, and, and that was, I truly think what I needed. Uh, that is truly what I needed because if I personally, you know, and I think everyone's different, 
Um, but personally, if I were to wait around sitting in my apartment while my roommates were getting high, um, going line by line by line by line in the big book and taking, you know, page by page, like one page at a time meeting with my sponsor, I probably would have relapsed. And I think a lot of people have that luxury, but not everyone does. Um, and, and so I'm very thankful that God provided me with the sponsor that he did. Um, I truly think that, that the only reason why I'm sober today is, is, is two, twofold, really. It's God's grace and my own action. Um, and it's, it's, it's been a continue, it's been a hard, it's been a hard path, right? Like I'm not always in this. I'm not perfect. I don't always have sponsors. I'm not always speaking at meetings. I'm not always reaching out my hands. I'm not always doing 10, 11 and 12, but I, I am constantly open, willing and honest. Um, and, and my friends check me on my shit and, um, I remain open. I remain teachable and, and I try to remain humble. Um, and I truly believe that I am, uh, that, that per permanent recovery is, is available to me, um, as long as I work for it. So that's all I got. Thanks.